welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast, uh, our second episode for the second week of the second round, second all over the place. Um, and uh, it's good to be back. I, of course, am your host, Karsten, and we are joined again by our Wednesday co-host. It's been a little while, but he's back on. Uh, Justin, how are you doing today, Justin? I am doing fantastic, Karsten. It's a pleasure to be here. Um Thank you for having me on the show tonight. I'm excited to talk about all the NBA drama and news and games that have happened over the last little while. Absolutely. It's good to have you back. And yeah, we are excited. We got a lot of action to cover. Um, and we're we're gonna keep today's episode a little bit shorter. Um, both of us talked about for our schedules tonight, it might be a little bit better to keep it um within a certain time frame. Um, so we're going to, let's real quick talk about what we're doing tonight. We're going to talk the uh, most recent games, uh, the two games from yesterday, Tuesday, um, as well as the first game from today's action on Wednesday. Again, today's date is May 10th, if that's important to you. Um, the second game from today is in the fourth quarter wrapping up that's warriors and Lakers in game six, uh, Warriors lead that at the moment. Super exciting. Um, otherwise, we'll we'll cover some key news items. Uh, we'll get maybe some thoughts from Justin as far as his take on some teams that have met his expectations, failed to meet his his expectations, like that, things like that. And then we'll uh, close it up. So let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it. Um, and Justin, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on you right now. I didn't have a chance to mention this before in our our pre-show planning, but here's what I'm thinking for our our game summaries and let me know what you think. Uh, each of us talks one game and has just a couple of minutes to talk through all the key points. And then that final game, uh, we'll maybe do that today game, the heat and Knicks will take just a touch more time to talk on. Um, but I'm thinking for each game, each of us takes maybe four minutes to talk through. Does that sound like enough time? Sure. That sounds like perfect amount of time. Would you like me to take 76ers at Celtics or Nuggets versus Suns? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. It is your choice. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> I'll do the Nuggets versus Suns if you'll do the 76ers at Celtics first. That way Certainly. I can see how you do it and follow the master's lead. Oh, there we go. I'll Pressure's on then. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no pressure or anything. Oh, you know what we could do? Let me pull out my phone. Just take one second here. And I'm going to get a four-minute timer going really to hold myself to that. So here we go. Timer starting now, four minutes. We're talking uh, game six, Sixers in Boston versus the Celtics uh, series tied two to two Um, Celtics, of course, looking to use their home court advantage in the final three games of the series. If it goes that long to uh, close out the series, but the Sixers actually get the huge game five victory on the road. The Sixers now lead the series three games to two after a one fifteen to one Oh three win. Uh, against those Boston Celtics. And now the Celtics go into Philadelphia with an elimination game and a tough uh, situation, tough home court Sixers with their first chance to go to the conference finals in a while. Um, First, you know, real great chance. I mean, they've had some good runs in recent years, but this is a really solid chance. Uh, So they definitely don't want to lose that opportunity. Um, As far as how this game went, I mean, Sixers really thoroughly controlled this throughout. Um, They held a 10-point lead from early third quarter onwards, at least a 10-point lead. At one point, they led by 21 points. Um, and this was a lead that was kind of gradually built um, throughout the whole game. So credit to the Sixers, a huge response, um, but also some concerning things for Boston if they're trying to, you know, 
keep up that contention this year. They're in a, a pretty desperate situation at the moment. Um, looking at the scores for Boston, uh, it was it was Tatum and Brown and not a ton of others as far as scoring goes. Uh, Tatum with 36 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals, doing a bit of everything out there. Jalen Brown, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Um, you know, both those guys responded. They played just about as well as you need them to in this game. Marcus Smart had 14 points. He was their only other double-figure scorer. And to have that um, big of a scoring discrepancy, you know, Al Horford didn't have any points in this game. He was an impact player defensively, as we know. Two steals, a block, some boards, some assists. You know, White, Derek White had seven points. Handful of points from Brogdon, Williams, those guys off the bench. You know, especially if Malcolm Brogdon, he's been dynamite pretty much throughout the postseason. But if he has a game where he doesn't quite get 20 points, you need guys that are going to be able to fill that gap. You know, Grant Williams should hit some open shots. He only took one shot and he missed it. Zero points. Peyton Pritchard, eight points. Credit to him. He doesn't get a ton of minutes in this year's rotation, so that's good for him. Sam Hauser hit one three. Um, you know, there just needs to be more scoring. Derek White should be, you know, about 15 points. Ideally, Horford should pick up some points and that's just not going to get it done for Boston. Um, and then for Philadelphia, it was actually Embiid and Maxi that led them in scoring, not Embiid and Harden, as you'd expect. Embiid with 33 points, seven boards, four blocks. Maxi with 30 points, seven boards as well. Harden with 17 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, two steals. He was everywhere. 16 points, 11 rebounds for Tobias Harris. I'm under a minute to go here. Uh, 10 points <laughs> off the bench for Daniel House, who also had five rebounds. Balance scoring, contributed, you know, contributions from a bunch of guys. That separated the Sixers from the Celtics in this game. And again, going back to Philadelphia, Boston is going to need a well-rounded team performance, and they're most likely going to need real standout performances even more than normal from Tatum as well as it'd be good to have it from Jalen Brown as well. Um, for the Sixers, they're in fantastic position. Um, they still have some pressure, though, because if they lose that game six, the Philadelphia fans are going to be absolutely livid, I will tell you that much. So um, that's where that series stands. Game six will be, um, I believe, on uh, – it should be tomorrow, so on Thursday. And that is my time. So there we go. Four minutes. <laughs> Got that. Hopefully I covered everything in that game and that series. Justin, hopefully that gave you um, some good points for your game summary uh, for the Nuggets and the Suns. Yeah. What a wonderful standard that I get to attempt to live up to. Thank you for setting that precedent. Um, Absolutely. Better set the timer because I have at least four minutes of content left in me. Okay. I am going to start that timer right now. All right, perfect. The late and great Colonel Sanders, founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken, once said, quote, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. And I feel like that quote is applicable to the way that the Phoenix Suns played this game against the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Um, in every statistical category, the Nuggets defeated them. Um, their highest lead was one point, which was right after halftime. Um, and they... Lost by a grand total of, let's see here, ooh, 16 points. Mm. Denver was up 24 at one point going into the fourth quarter. Denver led from the first quarter to the second quarter, minus the exception of one point. 
led in the third, led in the fourth, cleaned out the game. They had more points. They had more rebounds. They had more assists. They had more steals. They had one less block. They had less turnovers. They shot better from the field. They shot better from the three. And they shot better from the free throw line. In almost every statistical category, the Nuggets smoked the Suns. Mm -hmm. Nikola Jokic, of course, he's been weirdly incredible, and he has been for quite some time. He had a triple-double. Um, he made up with the Suns owner, Matt Ishiba, after all the drama after their last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. hit five threes. He played incredibly. He had a massive dunk as well. Joker, who played incredib- incredibly out of his mind, had 29 points, 13 boards, and 12 assists. Mm-hmm. And he ties Wilt Chamberlain for most triple doubles by a center in NBA history. So the dude is absolutely balling. Um, And he came very prepared for this game. He had a very humble type quote. He said, to be honest, I just like to win the games no matter what it takes. Um, And this is after he scored 53 points and they lost due to Kevin Durant, Devin Booker balling out. Mm -hmm. But the Suns are pretty confident. They look like that they can just shake this one off. Um, I hope the series goes to seven games. Let me pull up some stats real quick so we can see. It looks like KD had 26 points, one block, seven assists, and 11 boards. Impressive stat line. Devin Booker had 28, six, and six. Um, Yeah, other than that, they got outplayed pretty much on every side of the ball. Never Mm -hmm. really had much momentum. And, yeah, they got really, really cleaned out in this game. So hopefully they can come into the game, I think, tomorrow and with a little – a little bit of fire and a little bit of guts and maybe they can go for something that'll make them look impressive. Is that it? How much time do I have left remaining? You I have think I can stretch this a little more than a minute. Should I chime in? Cause I have a quick thought a little more than a minute. Let's see what you've got. Josh Okogie with one point and no double figure scores off the bench. You know, after Shamit had a big game last time, I thought it would be a turning point for the sun's outside scores. And disappointing to see that not come to fruition that's my point <laughs> oh yeah like like you said right and joshua kogi got hurt he only played for eight minutes after starting um, oh i didn't even you see you're actually reading the stats correctly my apologies <laughs> you're okay he, i still right he had a minus 14 in eight minutes that's mm-hmm. not a very good box plus minus yeah um chris paul didn't play um he's been sick and just weak like he always is in the playoffs. So uh groin injury. Oh, oh well. <laughs> See, we, I, I I give you one, you give me one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, apparently I'm just overly toxic on Chris Paul. We've all <laughs> we've all heard the rants, we've all heard my ramblings about yeah. how disappointed I am and how I don't think he's one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Mm. However, oh, there's I, your timer. All right, there we go. Stop me while I'm ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Carson. Yeah, yeah no problem. Um, yeah, uh, just one other small comment I forgot to mention. Kudos to Bruce Brown with 25 points off the bench. He's an underrated six-man in the league. So, yeah, big game. And, yeah, Justin, I think you did a really good job. I, again, I apologize. I didn't mean to interject that much. but um, well, You're good. You, I got three-quarters of the four minutes done Yeah, at the last minute. We're all right. The only thing I still don't quite understand the relevancy of the KFC Colonel Sanders quote. I, I didn't quite get it. <laughs> I 
I feel like it's important to say that this must have been the Phoenix Suns mantra going into this game because they they played sloppy and they got beat in every statistic. What, what was it again? I'm I'm too drunk to. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken, Colonel Sanders. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> the news to me, man. I had never heard I, that before. <laughs> I my goal is to throw you off at some point in every podcast that we do together and just see how I can get a reaction out of you and then see how you wrap it back in your mouth. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm see here, how well I'm I here can to recover. derail. Yeah, I'm here to railroad <laughs> your podcast. You're here to keep me on track and continue to talk about ball. Sounds like uh, Ernie Johnson's job on the uh, inside the NBA crew. So <laughs> if you're playing Ernie's role, I'm playing Charles Barkley and Shaq and Kenny. You, Yeah, you're so. all three of those guys in one. So <laughs> absolutely. No, that was good. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and jump into this game that actually just wrapped up um, probably about an hour or two ago. Um, or actually within an hour almost. Um, anyways, pretty, pretty recently this wrapped up. Justin... What are we thinking as far as a timer here? Five or six minutes? <laughs> yeah, let's let's set a six minute timer. I'll see if I can do three and see if you can do three or we can go back and forth a minute and a half each. OK, let's do let's do six and then I'll kind of lead us off and then I'll let you interject uh, at any point. So, Sounds yeah, me. going into this game five uh, tied two to two back in New York or no, sorry, Miami leading three one. I'm getting my series mixed up. Miami leading the series three to one going into New York into New York after having stolen game one. Uh, Knicks won game two, and then Miami took the last couple games. Felt like, okay, you know, Miami got the uh they had the the short straw in the first round, right? They were the eighth seed against the one seed. They get the upset, and now they're facing a team closer to them in terms of regular season finish. So um <clears throat> it had that feeling that this could have very easily been a four-one sweep or gentleman sweep rather um, and credit to New York and especially credit to Jalen Brunson. Um, they said, we're, we're not going to go down quietly. We're going to at least make this a six game series. So the Knicks win this game, one twelve to one Oh three. So now they cut the deficit to three, two, but they are in Miami for game six. So that is going to be a tough road. And again, we know the stats surrounding three, one, um, and in this game, close first half, the Knicks absolutely stormed out of the gates in the second half, uh, jumping out to a 19-point lead midway through the third quarter. Uh, but the Heat stuck with it. They brought it right back within a couple points late fourth quarter. Knicks held on, had some key plays from Jalen Brunson and crew, and Quentin Grimes, actually. He had some nice plays, and uh, they come out with a, a, a key win in an elimination game. Um, real quick, I'll also just touch on some stats for the Heat. No one with 20 or more points. Closest with Jimmy Butler with 19, but he filled the stat sheet. Nine assists, seven boards, four steals, and two blocks. Very impressive. Um, 18 for Bad Matt Abayo, uh, 17 off the bench for Duncan Robinson. Good to see him have a resurgent game there. 14 for Max Struess and 11 for Caleb Martin. And then for the Knicks, we mentioned Jalen Brunson and Quentin Grimes. Both of them played all 48 minutes in this game, which is very rare that happens anymore. And they actually mentioned a stat on the broadcast. The last pair of Knicks teammates to play all 48 minutes in a playoff game was all the way back in 1972. And that was Walt Frazier and Jerry Lucas. So definitely a throwback. (laughs) 
throwback to the Knicks championship years. Brunson the fro was, and the sideburns, man. Oof. Absolutely. The um the character model that 2K Jerry Lucas, that is the character model 2K refuses to get right. Um yeah, Jalen Brunson, 38 points, nine boards, seven assists. Grimes only eight points, but four boards, five assists, two steals, and two blocks. One of those steals coming off of a play looked like he got injured, stuck in the play, and then got a steal off Butler. Very clutch play there. Uh, 26 for RJ Barrett, 24 for Julius Randle, and 11 boards, two steals for Mitchell Robinson. Um, Again, credit to the Knicks, big win. Justin, I've taken a little bit too much time. We've got about three minutes left. Your thoughts maybe after all that. I think this is one of the situations where we see the strengths and the weaknesses of the heat mm-hmm. all coming together. Um, when they can play well, I mean, they can beat out the best team in the country, which is the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. They gentlemen swept them, mm. but um, they went on a 19 run or something like that. An 11 point unanswered surge to bring the game back within seven points. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jimmy Butler had one of his typical, I can do everything better than you stretches where he turned into Michael Jordan for a half a second. Yeah. He scored buckets. He blocked a shot. He, he hit free throws and the entire team was fighting like mad to come back, but they just couldn't hang. And I think it's just due to how beat up they've been throughout their games. They're all play super hard. Mm-hmm. I think the playoffs is wearing on them. I mean, when you're having to rely on guys like, Cody Zeller and Gabe Vincent and players who don't shine necessarily in the main season, mm-hmm. but they kind of show out in the playoffs. I think it's, it's kind of scary. Um, when your best player has less than 20 points, your game high score, mm-hmm. um, your second best player, the guy that everybody puts all their faith and trust in has got 18 and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the one of the only guys that can guard every position on the floor. And they just got absolutely torched by Jalen Brunson. So I think it's very impressive that they've been able to hold on this far. They've seemed like the better team. I just wonder if their their gas is kind of running out because they've been playing harder than any other team, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and especially having to play without two of your big scores, you know, or be, big bench pieces, Hero and, and Victor Oladipo, both of them injured, you know, that's, that's a key and Butler himself is dealing with that ankle injury from game one. He's playing through it. So seemingly not a major injury, but um, he's, he's so fun to watch and he's so tough. He reminds me of those older players from back in the day where they just play through everything and never mind that it cuts their career short by six or seven years, but then they played hard. So yeah, it's, it's fun to watch him. He plays tough. There are just like these segments of the game where Jimmy Butler just goes absolutely super sane. He just turns lethal, and no one can stop him. He mm. makes the right play on every possession. He stops every defensive play. He just turns into liquid lightning. Mm. Um, and this this looked like one of the games where he had moments like that, and then and for the rest of the game, I mean, he shot 5 for 12 from the field. By the um, way, that's our timer. Oh, all right. Well, I'll try not to carry this on any farther, but I really like to watch Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. I think he's super tough and I respect the crap out of that. Um, mm. I just hope he has the gas to continue to move the heat throughout the series. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. One last comment on that. Those stretches you mentioned Jordan esque 
Um, I think it's apt. I mean, he is his son after all. So that is, <laughs> that is very, very good point. Um, yeah, I think that uh, I think we covered those bases again. Miami hosting game six on Friday. That'll be on Friday. And uh, Knicks will see if they can force a game seven. The Heat will, of course, look to close it out. That'll be very exciting to watch. And then again, tonight's final game, Lakers Warriors. We'll have that summary on tomorrow's or on Friday's podcast, rather. Um, so just be aware of that as we go into um, the remainder of the week. Um, that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our next segment. I think we did good on time there, Justin. Um, let's jump to the news. And the first big news items are the continuation of the award season. Um, the all defensive teams and the all NBA teams have both been announced. Um, as far as your all defensive teams, uh, again, there's two all defensive teams. Um your second team is made up of center Bam Adebayo, uh, forward center Draymond Green, um, guard forward Dylan Brooks, guard forward OG Ananobi, and guard Derek White. Uh, so congratulations to all five of those guys. Your first team, all defensive first team, is, um, uh, let's see, your all defensive first team is... Um, Sorry, I'm I'm losing my mind here. Uh it is center Brooke Lopez, um forward Jaron Jackson, forward Evan Mobley, uh and guards Alex Alex Caruso and Drew Holiday. So that is your all defensive first team. Congratulations to all those guys. Of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., your defensive player of the year. Um Lopez and you know Evan Mobley a little bit in your defensive player of the year. Uh, running so that makes total sense for those guys to be on the first team and congratulations to those guys um that's your all defensive team let's real quick jump to um all nba team uh there's three of those on your third team you have um let's see De'Aaron fox of the sacramento kings damian lillard of the portland trailblazers lebron james of the los angeles lakers julius julius randall new york knicks and Demontis Bonus of the Sacramento Kings. That's your third team, All NBA third team, All NBA second team. Uh, Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors, Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat, and Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and then your first team, All NBA first team, is um, Shea Gilgis Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's a big surprise to me to see him quite first team. You know, he would be an all NBA guy for sure. We knew that, but all NBA first team is a bit surprising to me, but congratulations either way. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks and Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid finally getting that first team nod along with his MVP naming. But it's interesting to note the only unanimous selection to the first team was actually Giannis Antetokounmpo. So some some intrigue there. But again, congratulations to to all of those guys for sure. Certainly well deserving. Um, and just a reminder that next season, the format will change slightly. It will no longer be two guards, two forwards and a center. It'll be more like the all star game two front or two backcourt and three front court. So something to keep in mind as we go. Um, and then that's the, the big item. Uh, Side note with that as well, with Tatum and Brown of the Celtics making the all NBA team this season, 
it looks like they've reached some individual check marks as far as contracts. Um, they both now become supermax eligible for the Celtics. So that'll be intriguing to see how they balance that with their um contract situation. So definitely something to keep an eye out, uh keep an eye out for. Um let's Looks see. like the Celtics are saying goodbye to Jalen Brown. You think they're gonna lose him? Yeah, I bet he goes somewhere like Miami. Miami. That would be interesting. He would be very much a villain in Boston if that happens. And I guess you mentioned a good point. He did have those comments that they kind of flew under the radar a bit, but there were some comments about the Boston fan base, right? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm saying, right? There's, there's not enough money in town in Boston for two superstars on Supermax contracts. Mm Mm-hmm. So they either pay Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the rest of the team gets shafted and they try to just hold on to their pieces or they leverage Jalen Brown and get something in return. And I think Miami Heat are going to fill their roles or it'll be somewhere like Brooklyn or you know Memphis or somewhere where they can get a lot of pieces for one guy as mm-hmm. a promise to somehow turn the franchise around. But that's that's just my take. This is not NBA news, but. I think Jalen Brown leaves this soft season and goes somewhere where he can catch it back. Maybe Washington will go play for DC. Hmm. That would be very intriguing. And yeah, something to watch out for, for sure. Yeah. If they had to choose between one or the other, it's obviously going to be Tatum, but um, yeah, super intriguing to watch out for. Also a side note, as far as our schedule plan, it looks like Justin might have to leave a little bit sooner than we were hoping. Is that correct, Justin? Yeah, I, I just have a few minutes left, but I want to thank you for having me on the podcast. It's it's always a pleasure to do these with you, and I'll see you next Wednesday if you give me the chance to. Absolutely. Should we wrap up the news and then we'll finish the rest of the show solo? Does that sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. I got to get off, though. Uh, Right now or? Oh, yeah, like soon. Before 1030. Okay. Oh yeah. We'll wrap up the news in just a couple minutes. We'll have you on for the news and then we'll, we'll take the rest of it solo. That, that sounds like a good plan. And uh, yeah, it, just for the listening audience, we got the show started just a touch later. Cause we, we took some time at the beginning to get more caught up just personal level. So anyways, we're all, we're all friends and family here. <laughs> there's, getting... there's lots happening on our show and lots happening behind the scenes. And so <laughs> absolutely yeah, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we'll blaze through those last couple news items. Firstly, Mike Krzyzewski, of all people, has been named a special advisor to basketball operations for the NBA's front office. It's an interesting side note. Of course, he's a college coaching legend with Duke. Um, he briefly flirted with the NBA as far as being a candidate for the Lakers coaching shirt, uh, search back in the mid-2000s. Um, but now he joins the NBA's front office. So very interesting to see that. Um, the NBA is also opening up its voting for the Bob Lanier community assist award. So if you're interested in voting for that, go ahead and, um, figure out where I imagine the NBA's website, um, go there, vote for that award. Um, I think there's maybe eight, eight to 10 candidates. So definitely check that out. Um, injury update for Phoenix, Chris Paul ruled out for game six with that groin injury. DeAndre Ayton, who I guess has a rib injury, he is questionable for game six. So if they're not with, if they don't have either of those guys, then I would say it's a pretty sure bet that uh, Denver closes out that series in that game six. But again, we'll have to keep an eye on it. 
Um, for the Toronto Raptors, JJ Redick is has apparently interviewed for the Raptors head coaching position, which is kind of a surprise. Seemed like he was content with that ESPN position, doing some analyst stuff sometimes. He has his podcast, but that'd be interesting to see him on the the sidelines as head coach. Um, and then finally, back to the Suns, um, there was the, I don't know if we ever reported it, but the mention of the Suns redoing their TV deal in the wake of the expiring contract they had with uh, Bally Sports, Diamond Sports Group, um, and their own financial issues. Um, and Phoenix Suns were going to have their games available for free on streaming platforms, the Suns and the Mercury games. Um, but apparently a U.S. bankruptcy judge has blocked that TV deal. Kind of odd. Uh, neither Justin or I knows the specifics of why that's the case, why that judge would have a say in that. But um, interesting to see either way and kind of disappointing for those Arizona fans if that gets, you know, the the kibosh, not being able to watch games for free. So, um, yeah, again, I think that takes care of our news. Again, real just, you know, Real quick, blaze through that, um, Justin. I guess now we'll we'll you'll sign off and we'll we'll wrap up the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's time to say goodbye. But anyways, thank you for having me very much. I appreciate the opportunity, and it's good to spend some time with you talking about ball. Absolutely, good to see you, man. And we'll have you back on soon. Yeah, see you next week, probably. Yeah, same time, see- same channel. Absolutely, see you then, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, apologies for that. Um, again, we both talked about doing a shorter show, and then we also spent a little bit of extra time in our our pre-show planning, which turned into more personal, just getting caught up. We haven't had a chance to talk in a while. So, um, you know, it it's all good. You know, we're going to have him back on next week. Apologies for any, you know, awkward because he had actually um i didn't take the chance to mention it during the show but he had texted me while we were recording um just about 10 minutes ago saying that he would need to wrap up soon and so both of us were kind of scrambling to figure that out but um anyways we've dwelled on it long enough and it's uh really no problem he'll be back on next week we're all good to go um We've blazed through our news. We talked our game summaries. As far as other things, you know, um, we're actually at that point where we were going to maybe get more of Justin's personal thoughts on the playoffs so far, his amended picks, things like that. Um, We can maybe just focus on his playoff predictions just out of curiosity to see where he's at at this point. Um, Looks like, again, all three of us, me, Wyatt, and Justin, um, <clears throat> Cavs and Bucks, we had that in the second round, so that one was completely bunk. Um, Justin, like myself, and I think Wyatt, um, we all had the Sixers pick to win this round against Boston, so we're in good position for that one. Justin did have the Grizzlies moving on to the second round and actually beating the Warriors, um, so that'll be a little bit off, but if the Lakers end up beating the Warriors, then he could get some some partial credit maybe for that series. Um, he has the Suns beating the Nuggets, as do I. Um, and Wyatt, I think, also picked that one as well. So um, there's a good chance we don't get that one. Um, 
so that's just again a real quick check in on our brackets um within the next couple of days we're going to start getting into those you know rounds finishing up and really getting a clear idea of what the conference finals are going to look like and that'll be super exciting to get into and next week will probably be the start of our conference finals coverage um and so that's that other news i'm trying to think um we've updated our own injury report so we're all good on injuries there um we have a page in our podcast production materials where we keep track of the current injuries right now we're doing it simply for those playoff teams um the heat of course tyler hero victor Lodipo. Butler dealing with the ankle thing, but he's playing. Caleb Martin, I guess, is also dealing with a back uh, situation, so that's something to watch out for. Embiid with the knee for the Sixers. We knew about that. Boston most likely is going to play this whole entire season without one of their key offseason signings, Danilo Gallinari, um, either an ACL or an MCL. Kind of disappointing for them. The Knicks dealing with some nagging injuries for... Emmanuel quickly, Evan Fournier dealing with an illness and the Lakers, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis still listed as day to day, technically with those foot injuries they sustained during the season and the clip, uh, a quick clip I saw from this Lakers Warriors game, LeBron did maybe land awkwardly on the foot and was, it was feeling a little tender, feeling a little off. Um, so that's something to keep, you know, keep aware of, um, and uh, for Phoenix, Chris Paul, we knew about that. DeAndre Ayton added to that list as well. Um, those are kind of the key injuries. That's a little bonus report for you. We didn't have in, really in the schedule. Um, and you know what? This game is actually wrapping up. Let's go ahead and cover this game, the, the Lakers-Warriors game tonight. Let's cover this one now that it's wrapping up. Um, since our normal programming got cut short, we can adapt. You know, we can we can do it live, as Bill O'Reilly said in that famous clip. I don't recommend watching it. It's got some language, but it's very funny. And uh, we'll do this live. You know, we'll make sure that we're getting in all our coverage for Wednesday night. Let's go ahead and hold that up. This is hot off the presses, just barely wrapped up. The Golden State Warriors keep their season alive in game six. Um, game five, rather, they trailed the series three games to one after the Lakers took game one, lost game two, and then took both their home games in games three and four. The Warriors were down three to one. Warriors keep the season alive with a game five win at home, 121 to 106. Uh, the Warriors win this game, and now they force a game six back in Los Angeles. The Lakers will host and try and close out the series then. Uh, in this game, pretty competitive throughout. I mean, Lakers had a number of leads in the first half. Warriors had the biggest leads of the game. Good lead going into halftime, uh just shy of 10 uh, a 10 plus 10 plus point lead going into halftime. Uh Warriors good third quarter. Lakers weathered the storm the best they could as far as keeping that lead from absolutely ballooning. Uh, but then the Warriors just maintained a good, you know, about 10 point to 15 point lead. Uh, for the rest of that second half. So uh, credit to the Warriors. Looking at the score for the Lakers, LeBron with 25 points, 
nine rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block, doing everything. Good all-round game. D'Angelo Russell with 15 points, uh, four boards, two assists, a steal, a block. Uh, 15 points for Austin Reeves with seven rebounds, five assists. Anthony Davis with 23 points, nine rebounds, three assists. Um, so good game from AD. LeBron solid. Um, decent games from D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder with 14 off the bench. Not a terrible game for Los Angeles. You know, I don't think that they feel awful about their effort. You know, they had some good production. Uh, their bench maybe is a question as far as outside of Schroeder could have had some other points. They gave big minutes to Lonnie Walker. He did not quite have the same game that he had previously in the Lonnie Walker game. Four points in the whole game, four assists. That's tough. You know, I disappointing, obviously, but um, in this game where you have that lead, you're on the road. I think coming off of what he did in the previous game, he earned every bit of those 28 minutes. Um, and even if he has an off game, it's still worth that chance. He maybe gets less minutes in the next game. You know, you adjust that rotation. You give those minutes back to a Rui Hachimura. Maybe you bring Malik Beasley into the fold a little bit. Um, you know, so not a terrible loss. And I think the Lakers feel all right with how they played in this one. For the Warriors, though, they responded the way they needed to. Steph Curry, 27 points, eight assists, three boards and a block, um, even though he was three of 11 from three-point range. Um, Andrew Wiggins, 25 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Uh, good shooting, great game for Wiggins. 20 points, 10 rebounds for Draymond Green. Big scoring game from Draymond. Four assists, two steals, a block. Um, they started Gary Payton the second again. 13 points for him. Six rebounds. Um, 11 points for Jordan Poole off the bench. He continues to struggle mightily in this series. 10 points for Clay Thompson. He struggled in this game as well. But good defensive numbers. Two blocks, a steal, six rebounds. So Good good games by both teams. The game never really got away from the Lakers. The Warriors, though, in their own right, kept this game in good position throughout. They controlled the game. For the Lakers, I think they feel they feel all right, obviously deflated, but now they have that advantage. They lost the last game, and they're at home. I think there's a good chance the Lakers are able to close out the series at home, move on to that conference finals. There's every bit as good of a chance the Warriors are able to win that game and force game seven. Um, so that'll be super interesting. Really excited to see that one. That'll be on Friday night. Um, and now we're caught up fully with uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's action. Real quick, again, apologies if any part of our podcast tonight was hectic. Um, you know, that do it live you know, mantra that we just adopted about five minutes ago. Um, I think it worked out. And again, it was good having Justin on. It had been a while since we had, a, had really had a chance to, to talk busy schedule for him. Actually, I've had a fairly busy schedule by own right in recent weeks. So good to have him back on. And uh, with his schedule, he's getting into a new groove, not having to worry about the school. You know, he's not in the school semester right now. We should have him on um, a lot more often back on that normal schedule. So we're excited about that. Um, before we go ahead and add any other segments or, or, you know, do a longer podcast than we need, let's go ahead and wrap things up and uh, we'll give you our this day in history fact and, and close up the show for you. Uh, today, we're going back to 1987 for our fact 
May 10th of 1987, Sleepy Floyd of the Golden State Warriors set an NBA playoff or actually multiple NBA playoff records with 29 points in the fourth quarter alone and 39 points in the second half as the Warriors beat the Los Angeles Lakers 129-121 to in Game 4 of the Western Conference semifinals. Actually, an even more appropriate fact for today than I was even thinking about. Floyd finished the game with 51 total points. Monster game, especially in a playoff situation against those 80s Lakers, the 87 Lakers. Monster game. Sleepy Floyd, one of the underrated players of the 80s. Um, great nickname too, Sleepy Floyd. I love that. Um, and he was he was a great player in his own right. You know, for those Warriors, he had a run for a few years where he was one of the better guards, especially as a scorer in the NBA. Um, but I hadn't even thought about that. I was more thinking about, oh, get a chance to talk about Sleepy Floyd and that phenomenal quarter, you know. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that it was in a Warriors Lakers series in the Western semifinals. Um, And Monday was game four Wednesday. Looking back was the game four of that series in 87. That's just weird. It's kind of eerie in some ways, but um, yeah, cool fact. Great player. Sleepy Floyd. Love to talk about him. Otherwise that really takes care of our show. Again, we'll wrap it up right now. Um, Thanks everyone who's tuned in. If you want to check out our Instagram page, that's crossover across time, all one word, no capital letters on Instagram. We share content from the show along with doing our best to like and share content from across the NBA. So it's a great place along with the podcast itself to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA as a whole. So definitely check it out um, and also get that historic perspective that we try and offer. Um, Thanks again for listening. We'll be back on for Friday's podcast where we'll, at that point, maybe we'll be wrapping up the second round or close to wrapping up um, some of those series. And um, either way, on Monday for sure, we'll be starting off your conference finals coverage. So that'll be very exciting. Um, for the third time, thank you all for listening, both previous listeners and new listeners alike. We appreciate the support. Appreciate your patience with us as we had kind of a uh, uh, an interesting podcast today. And we'll be back with you on Friday. 